you'll deal more. <laughs> Scary Pair, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm nine. And where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. Like the bird box challenge. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, if we sound a little bit different, it's because we're in a different recording space than usual. We are. Yeah. I'm we're... staying at a client's house and you're allowed to be here. We're more echoey. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh... This week, we're talking about Event Horizon, uh, 1997, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, starring Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill. What uh, a cast. What, what a cast. Choice. Before we get into this choice of a movie, uh, Opal, what have we been up to? The choice cut. <laughs> what have we been up to the last few weeks? Not much. I've mostly <laughs> just been busy. Yeah. That's kind of why our schedule is still, you know, but I feel like... I don't need to say that anymore. I feel like I've said that <laughs> enough and people just like understand. Yeah. Um, I started a new job. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's going well. It's um, going well. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of an us update. We did watch a movie. We watched a movie. At least a movie. We tried to figure out if we watched more movies, but we only are really certain that we watched one movie. I think we've only been watching Hell's Kitchen and playing Baldur's Gate <laughs> for like three weeks it, now. It has been like that. Uh, we watched Blade. We did watch Blade because I've never seen Blade. You had never and seen we, Blade. We saw it on streaming and you're like, Blade rocks. And I'm like, I would watch Blade. And we did. And and we did. And it was good. It was fun. I, I enjoyed uh, uh, 1998's Blade. It was goofier than I expected. <laughs> oh, Blade is very goofy. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of almost just want to watch the other two now. I, I think we should. I yeah. think we should definitely do that. Um, yeah, it's good. You've got Blade saying his one-liners. You've got the wacky like late 90s, early 2000s CG. You've got that woman who's there. <laughs> yeah, she's she's an accessory. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, fun movie though. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. A lot of yeah, really goofy CGI. But sometimes, yeah. uh, sometimes uh, some other fuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, should we uh, just get into our our film? I feel like there's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. Did we want to talk about Baldur's Gate at all? We could talk about Baldur's Gate. We've been, uh, we've been uh, Baldi's Basics. Baldur's Basics. Yeah, we've been we've been all about it. Um, we're having a good time. We are having a good time. I have my individual playthrough and you have yours, which has been, been very funny to watch. Yeah, cause because we play try, the game like completely differently. You, you try to like actually roleplay as this paladin guy, and the game just does not know what to do with it. <laughs> it doesn't know what to do if you have like moral principles and armed a cop. I, it's which, like... That's the way you're supposed to roleplay in like a D and D game, right? If like you're a paladin, kinda. But the game just doesn't. It <laughs> it accounts for if you just killed everything way more than if you just had like these rigorous moral choices. Yeah, like if you if you really believe in um, your principles 
and don't want to like kill people. The game doesn't have a ton of space for you, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I have been enjoying it. The um, game is great for players like me, though, who like to talk their way out of every situation. <laughs> yeah, you're being a... And and who enjoy yes-anding. Yeah, you're being a evil freak. Uh, not evil. <laughs> well, morally gray freak. I think she's more of a chaotic good. Because she makes good person decisions. Yeah, but she doesn't always care. If maybe the consequences of her actions could happen. Well, that only affects everyone so much, like... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, yeah. And we also have a, we have a duo playthrough where we're being evil, which is really funny. We've just started it, I'm so looking forward to it. (laughs) We Um, made a couple of sicko characters that are really funny to play. I'm playing a barbarian that just throws spears all the time, and you're playing an evil sexy elf sorcerer. Yeah, he's, he's a, he's an ice mage and he looks twisted. (laughs) He looks like a, like a Alraiser character, a little bit. (laughs) I mean, he could be. He looks like, um... I, I think I said on Twitter that he looks like Miki Taka from Jojo's Park <laughs> Bizarre Adventure if he, the vibes were written. I think our party would make a great Jojo's party, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I can do weird eye stuff. I'm sure there's some weird <laughs> eye stuff that can be done. Well, and we've also got Asterion in our team, who I feel like is the most Jojo's of the companions. Hmm... Carlac also exists, though. That's a great point. That's a great point. We have not gotten Carlac in that playthrough. You will have a playthrough no, she's, with Carlac. No, she's too much of a, a good person to work in this <laughs> party comp, I think. Yeah, we. so we're doing the um, kind of evil fucked up uh, party comp. That's going to be fun. No, not Dark Urge, but uh, just kind of normal evil. Just kind of normal evil. Yeah. Yeah, not, not like um, D&D evil, which is like you delight in torturing people to death. But, like, normal person evil. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll turn on the druids. I'll burn their village down. Yeah, they kind of suck anyway, so, like... But I'm probably not, like, fucking a corpse anytime soon. I don't know. <laughs> probably. I mean, <laughs> Withers, though. <laughs> Withers? <laughs> My man Withers, though. Well, I don't know his feelings about our actions. Uh, as long as everything's in balance, Withers supports it. Balance on this. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, great visual gag you did on our podcast <laughs> that people will definitely understand. I think you can. I think you can fill in the blanks. They flip me off, listeners. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. We have to talk about a better right? Yeah, we have to talk about the movie, which has nothing to do with Baldur's Gate. We could do a whole podcast about Baldur's Gate, but we're not going to do that. That's a lie. It kind of has stuff to do with Baldur's Gate. A little bit. There's a there's an object that rotates. There's a fleshy hill dimension. There's um space. Space. <laughs> space. Space. Uh. Okay. So the 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 background on this movie, we kind of like. Uh, how did how did this get made? That's a that's a movie podcast that I've never listened to. Oh, I thought you were talking about how it's made, like how they make boats and stuff. <laughs> I would, I would do that for movies. Yeah, I would watch how it's made for movies. That, <laughs> that's just every special feature disc. 
is how it's made for movies. Uh, all right, so uh, let's start with Paul W. S. Anderson. Okay, I have I have gripes. Yeah, do you want to do you want to share with the listeners your general feelings about um, Paul? This is his best movie, right? Am I right I, or am I wrong? I think it's like not a contest. I mean, I haven't seen all of his movies, um, but you know, uh, you have this and the Resident Evils. It's not and some other kind of dog shit stuff. It's not a great uh, his so his top four movies on Letterboxd. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I already know. Okay, you got this movie, yeah. Event Horizon. You've got Resident Evil, previously uh-huh. mentioned. You've got brought up multiple times on this show, Alien vs. Predator. Oh god, I forgot he did that. And then you've got the movie that I actually want to talk about because it's really relevant to this movie. And that's Mortal Kombat. Right. I think some people might argue with me because some people have a little bit of rose-colored glasses about that movie, but it, I don't think it holds up very well. <laughs> no, Any, Mortal, anyway. no, Mortal Kombat 1995 is complete dog shit. I loved it as a yeah, child. A lot, I, a lot of people love it anyway. Yeah, I rented it on VHS from Blockbuster and thought, dang, this kicks ass. But that aside, a lot of people love it. I understand. But Event Horizon is still the best one, right? Yes, no, uh, Mortal Kombat is still dog shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> really important. <clears throat> so, okay. Uh, we've, we've established our bona fides with uh, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Uh, so, Mortal Kombat. Turns out it did really well. Yeah. It made, like, a lot of money. It was kind of like a cultural moment. Yeah, it was kind of his breakout movie. Um where do you break out to? Well, he he's a, a UK guy. He's a British guy. Uh, he was like doing movies in Britain, and he he got Mortal Kombat, and that movie made a bunch of money. So the way he tells it, studios were just falling all over themselves trying to get him to do stuff. All right. They were like, "Hey, do you want to make like Mortal Kombat two? Do you want to make like other stuff like that? Do you want to make Monster Hunter?" <clears throat> Well, he would get around to that. Oh, God. Uh, but he said, no, what I want to do, what I really want to do with my like first Hollywood big budget situation, I want to make an R-rated horror movie. Yeah. Work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. So this script um, had been like floating around a little bit. He rewrote it considerably. Um, this is like absolutely like I don't know if he's officially credited as a writer on the movie, but he I think he's I think he's a writer on a lot of his movies. Yeah, he he's heavily involved in, in like the story process. Um you know, uh it was a troubled production, yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to say. Uh you know, at one point the movie was as long as uh, hundred and thirty minutes. Um, it had some like really terrible test screenings, and then they cut it all the way down to its um, uh, regular cut, I, I guess, which is 96 minutes. A breezy 96 minutes, which arguably uh, explains why the pacing in this movie is so crazy. It's, But I think most of the cuts also come from scenes where there is no plot happening I, yeah i think a lot of it comes from the censorship aspect where we didn't want to see a lot of violence 
Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I kind of would have appreciated the slightly longer version. I'm always the person saying movies need to be 90 minutes. Yeah. I would have appreciated the longer version, too. Like, I'm a little bit curious about that stuff they cut out, but... I'm there curious. Is like, there is a complete summary of all the stuff that they cut out, and... It's mostly killing dudes. It's it's a little <laughs> gratuitous from the description, but I'm sure it goes by in, like, a minute. Yeah, um, so... I mean, Hellraiser already happened. Yes, this movie is very Hellraiser-inspired. And, like, that movie has a bunch of twisted bullshit in it. Like, people yeah. were fine with that. Yeah, people were fine with that. So I... this this has to be a big producer blockbuster thing, right? Like, we want yes. it to be as consumable as possible. We're not making art here. Yeah, specifically, like, yeah, it, it's it did poorly in test screenings, and they cut it way down, and the way they cut it down was to take out the stuff that the producers didn't like about it, which is that it was gory and bloody. Yeah. Um, and so I guess like a lot of that stuff has been lost to time a little bit. Like you can't, yeah, they I can't think, recover the footage and like make I a director's mean, cut. Yeah. I heard that they wanted to, but the footage was bad. Yeah. Um, which is too bad. Cause yeah. I think I would, I would watch <clears throat> the hell out of that. Cause I kind of appreciate this movie. I don't, I don't know if it's technically like a good movie, but I like it. It's a fun movie. It is a movie. So this is a movie that like was a commercial failure, but absolutely has like a cult following oh yeah um you know it's got sam neill and Lawrence fishburne in it in like kind of their kind of their peak form yeah i I feel like this is kind of what you want from a space horror definitely like you want you want the haunted house attraction in space yeah and that is what this movie is instead of whatever like cloverfield paradox was god forgot about that movie that movie, by the way, is stealing from this a lot. Yeah, it does, right? <laughs> and not for the better. Um, yeah, I, so I And yet mean, no one still knows what happens when you get shot out of an airlock. <laughs> no one's figured this no out one, in I history. Think, I think we figured it out. <laughs> I just think we're making it up. Well, okay. So so that's kind of the <laughs> that's kind of the preamble to the movie, you know, uh, uh, successful director's first foray into like, kind of a big-budget movie. It goes badly due to producer meddling. Kind of a stacked cast. People like it, but it's weird. What what had Lawrence Fishburne done before this? Because this is pre-The Matrix, which is kind of his best work. Uh, so I think probably uh, Lawrence Fishburne's, like, biggest um, uh, claim to fame would be he was in Boys in the Hood. Okay. Uh, which was very successful. He was also in a ton of fucking TV. Well, yeah, he. I know him from CSI too, but I think that was also post. Uh, yeah, but like he was, he was in Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> he was in a miniseries on the Civil War. Okay. Uh, you know, he he was in like a variety of things. That's um, funny. Definitely, like, uh, oh, he was in A Nightmare on Elm Street: Three Dream Warriors, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. He's like the young security guard guy. Yeah. And we were like shocked at how like little <laughs> he looks. <laughs> yeah. Uh he you know, he was in like um you know, random episodes of stuff like MASH and stuff like that. He was in the color purple. Yeah. Um, you know, uh Apocalypse Now, he has like a really small role in, is is my memory. Um, so he been in stuff, but I would say this is like... Wasn't like a leading person yet. Was not a leading man yet. I think this does set him up for doing The Matrix very shortly after. Oh, yeah. Um, where he's doing a lot of this. Um, I like him as a hard ass. It's I, fun. I enjoy, I enjoy Lawrence Fishburne yelling at dudes. I think that's sick. Yeah. I think that is like set up his career in a cool way. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
so you've got Sam Neill also uh, like I mean post fre- Jurassic Park like fresh off Jurassic Park basically like this is basically the next thing he goes to do and um, in the mouth of madness yeah which yeah. is an interesting <laughs> thing to come off of to do this I, I, I think he's having fun yeah I think he's definitely having fun with it um, oh he's like this will pay for my my sheep for life <laughs> my sheep will be good yeah um you know Kind of like a weirdly um, ensemble cast with all the characters. Like Jason Isaacs is in it as DJ. I think he's pretty good. I know. Um, You know, uh, people that maybe aren't as well known, like Kathleen Quinlan is in it. Uh, But yeah, there's definitely like a a bunch of actors in this. I would say it's a little bit of like a, uh, you know, it's a crew. It's a crew of people on a spaceship and they're the only characters. So we end up spending a lot of time with basically everybody. Yeah. Yeah. which I think is, like, one reason why people like this movie so much is, like, some of the performances are pretty pretty good. Um, especially, like, Sam Neill and Fishburne. Oh, like, yeah. I, I think they're the stars of the show. They're kind of carrying it. I don't know if <laughs> if the other ones quite match the energy, but... I like Jason Isaacs every time he shows up and says, like, a... Like a he, do, he doesn't thing. do very much. He doesn't do anything in the plot. But I wish I, I wish he was around more. I, I enjoy his character in scenes. He's he's enjoyable. Um, and then because like he's like an interesting character. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, maybe get into his character yeah. a little bit, but um, definitely I would say it's like a Sam Neill versus Lawrence Fishburne movie uh, in a big way. So yeah, uh, very, what's what's not to like? Yeah, uh, definitely like got my interest there. Our 90s sci-fi men. Should we get into the summary? We got to. Okay, yeah, that's enough preamble. We open on space! Uh, and like a, and like some drum music as to get the opening credits. Oh yeah, it looks like the opening to a video game also. Oh, for sure. Um, and then we get... We open on not the Nostromo. <laughs> oh yeah, well... Not Stromo. Uh, first, before that, we get some numbers. 2015, humanity colonizes the moon. Oh yeah, we have all the dates. <laughs> 2032, we start mining Mars and the asteroid belt. Oh, by the way, I, I did forget to say, yeah, we did do that. I remember. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the colony on the moon happened. Yeah. Looking forward to mining Mars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2040, we explore the boundaries of the solar system. That'll be exciting. And cut to 2047, which is now. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> What a random year to pick. Yeah, very very weird. Um, Not too far in the future. We so we we cut to space and we see our spaceship. I think the spaceship looks good. I think from the inside it looks good. <laughs> it's a it's a big long guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's just kind of floating out there. Uh, how do you launch something like this? Good question. Pra- I don't know how you would strap a booster to this guy. <laughs> um. Yeah, we see inside of it where some 3D objects are floating around. And then immediately we cut into Sam Neill's perspective where he is uh, dreaming about a guy who is rotating and screaming. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's having a normal one. Um, and we get introduced to him. He is on a new spaceship. Um, he uh, misses his wife and dog. He's a wife guy. Oh yeah, wife guy, 100%. Um, he's on this like big... like scaffolding looking space station deal that's like orbiting the earth um like as um this other ship which we learn is the usac lewis and clark search and rescue docks to pick him up because that's what they did 
That, yeah, that's what Lewis and Clark did. Yeah, <laughs> Famously, yeah. is their search and rescue team. Um, we uh, get a get a peek at the crew of said ship, and they're all chatting about spaceship stuff. Yeah, kind of just like surface level character stuff, but not enough. These are all like kinds of guys. They're all just guys. Like they they have. They're all very archetypical. They're all very archetypical. It's like you know. Um, I would say very similar to the to the spaceship crew on the Matrix. Um, I would say very similar to like, um, you know, if you've ever seen Firefly, like that crew. And, you know, I guess this is all kind <laughs> Alien of Alien Three. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, four. Yeah, uh, I guess this is all pulling from Star Trek. We mentioned we watched Blade earlier. I think between Blade and Event Horizon, you kind of get the Matrix in an interesting way. Yeah, that's true. Well. <laughs> I mean, Blade is just that. It is yeah. just. You, you, it is you just see, the you watch Blade and you're like, oh, the Wachowski saw Blade. <laughs> right. That's, this is just the same thing. Um, so we get introduced to them a little bit. We learn a little bit about their mission. They're going to Neptune on, to rescue someone. Um, and they pick up Sam Neill's uh, character, Dr. Weir. Um, he is excited. To be on this exciting mission, but he's clearly, you know, an outsider. He's not a part of this crew. Everyone's like, fuck this guy. We had a three-day weekend. <laughs> yeah, we had a three-day weekend lined up, and now we gotta go back. Yeah, it was God a labor day. Well, and we get a little bit about how, like, they all have to go into, like, this weird cryo-water sleep. Um, because there's no faster-than-light travel. If they want to go to Neptune, they just gotta go. What do they call them? Like, cryo-couches? Grav couches, something like they're definitely not couches. No, they're big tubes. <laughs> they're like the tubes from um, uh, from Revenge of the Sith that Luke is in. Yeah, you go into a pod. Yeah, you go into a pod suspended in water, and then the ship goes for a while. Yeah. Uh, so they 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 do that. Um, Weir wakes up and starts walking around the ship, uh, and he sees a strange woman piling the ship, and he he approaches. And it's his wife. His wife. His uh, wife. But then a doppelganger of his wife grabs him from behind and says, She's ready. And she's got no eyes. And he wakes up because he was dreaming. No one ever has eyes in this movie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is like a... This is going to be a recurring visual motif. Yes, that people do not have eyes. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, so does Sam Neill, apparently, because uh, everyone's, like, waking him up, like, hey, man, you good? And he's like, my wife doesn't have eyes. Now, I feel like none of your questions about Weir are ever going to be answered. <laughs> yeah, so, like, right away, we're, like, posing some questions. We're like, okay, he's a wife guy. His wife has no eyes and is scary? <laughs> I don't think she was like that. And is haunting him? Um, I don't think he... she was like that before. <laughs> um... I don't think so, uh, but okay. Uh, but it's time. It's time we're in the ship. We're in. We're like about to 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 you know go over the mission. Let's have a big slowdown so we can meet all the characters. I know everyone and we, has to introduce each other one at a time. We have to be introduced to everyone one at a time. Um, so we got the so we got I got a list of people. I'm probably not going to go into too much detail about all of them. You can't. Because uh, you can't. There's too many guys. So you got Weir. Uh, he's the scientist. He's weird. Uh, he's weird. 
Uh, you got Miller, who is the captain, played by Lawrence Fishburne. He's kind of a hard ass. He's like, people are kind of struggling and getting up, and he's like, you gotta get to your stations right now, motherfuckers. Yeah, he's kind of just strict. Like, strict dad. And yeah, he, he's he's like military sergeant energy. Yeah. Um, You've got Stark, who, she's kind of like the first mate. Um, she's, she's in charge of comms. Uh, you've got Cooper, who is described as a rescue technician. Um, he is, he is, uh, a black guy played by Richard T. Jones. He's like the comic relief character. Oh, yeah. Um. Very, you, very common for movies of this ilk of this era. Yeah. You got, uh, Peters, who is, she's, uh, medical. She's kind of like an older lady. Um, you've got Smith or Smitty, who is a pilot played by, like, a younger guy. Uh, You've got DJ, the grizzled doctor, played by Jason Isaacs. I know. And then you've got... The most fascinating one who has, like, the least lines. That's right. And then you have Mr. Justin. (laughs) Mr. Justin. Who is, like, just a a guy. He's just a young guy. Yeah, a couple of these people are just guys. Yeah. I would say um, uh, Smith and Justin are are the most, like, just guys. I think I I I actually confused the two. Uh, Smith is no yeah he is just one of the guys he's just he's the pilot yeah yeah uh i don't remember that guy at all (laughs) no not really he's like um he's nobody Mm -hmm. and justin is also nobody they're very interchangeable Um, also i don't know if this came up in your research but people are kind of fascinated by like the political implications of people's little like flags on their shirt. Oh, interesting. I didn't. I didn't pick up on this. Yeah, because um, well, this was Sam Neill's choice. Actually, he thought that this would be the state of Australia in like twenty forty seven or something. It has like the Aboriginal flag in like the corner instead of the Union Jack. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's cool. Uh, Which I I can see happening. I think that's reasonable. I, I like that as like um, little like character beats because he is like Australian. Are, uh, I think there are other things like that, but I don't remember the specifics. Yeah, that that that's interesting. Yeah. Um, they they're all very clearly like this ragtag crew who, nevertheless, you know, they they're working together. Kind of like every spaceship story where you've got like the person who's inexplicably Russian or something to just to be a little different. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, um, international crews are just like that. Yeah. Um, very, you know, alien. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so Weir sits everyone down to explain that they are intercepting a distress signal from the event horizon. And everyone's like, ah! Yeah, everyone's like, no way, you're fucking full of shit, Weir. <laughs> uh, and he's like, no, the event horizon. Okay, this is what I don't get because everyone has like a audible reaction yeah. to this. Like, they're like, that's fucking crazy. No way. And then he explains that the Event Horizon is a secret (laughs) military project. Well, I mean, if they're part of the secret military, then they would know, right? I mean, they're like astronauts or whatever, but they clearly don't know, like, what this is. Because he he has to sit down and explain it to them. So it's a... The Event Horizon is like a spaceship that is tasked with uh, question marks in your voice. Uh basically like they're doing faster than light travel experiments. And we're gonna get the specifics of how this works because oh, yeah. well we practi- he practically draws us a diagram. And he pushes a pen through that diagram. That's right. Uh so basically um what they're doing is they're 
They're trying to fold space-time such that two points that would normally be far away are touching, and then you, you can travel through time. Um, that's that's the idea. Um, and, he, and Weir, he was the engineer who developed it. He's this like, that's is, my baby. This is his idea. Um, and the, the crew went out there. They went out to Neptune to do an experiment, and they disappeared for years. And now all of a sudden a mysterious signal is coming back and they got to go rescue them. Um, they've also recovered a transmission of people screaming. They're, I mean, they're, they want to be coy and they're like, what was that? What was that? Hey, but what was that? It's very clearly they... like... <laughs> it's clearly muffled screaming. It sounds like the sounds from Hell clip from like Coast to Coast or something. Yeah, which makes it extremely funny when they're like, wait a minute, I think I heard something. Can you like play you this bit you isolated? Down? And it's clearly like a person screaming and it's like, yeah. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the real bullshit that I do not believe... <laughs> Is they go, oh yeah, somebody's speaking in Latin in the background. And they're saying, liberate me, for save me. <laughs> liberate me. <laughs> but you can't hear any of this. Like, none of it is clear, even a little bit. You have to kind of just like, yeah, I trust you, bro, when the characters say that. I just, I, I kind of sounded like a sim. Liberate me. Liberate me. Legutamar. <laughs> Uh, so they're like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to go touch base with the ship. We're going to make contact. Um, we get to see a little bit of like the bridge, which I think is really cool. Um, uh, Miller, the captain has a chair with no legs that's like attached to the ceiling. I know. And can like swivel around. There's, there's a lot of weird spinning chairs in this movie. You just want to spin around in them. Yeah. I just want to like get in there and go like, Wee! Yeah. um, <laughs> so everyone like mans their stations um, they and they dock on the event horizon, which is like a much bigger ship. Um, they narrowly avoid like a crash, um, and we see it's the weird long guy from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So they they dock by grabbing onto an antenna. I think I think every time the spaceships are doing something, it looks kind of sick in this movie. Okay, but I can't tell you why it's designed this way. No, it doesn't really make sense. That... I think I think this hallway is designed to be blown up. Yeah, yeah. So they, we're gonna get details about exactly how the ship is laid out. Uh, but yeah, there is like this big long hallway with like a front end and like a back end. And for what? So that the plot of the movie will work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like this like big mechanical arm that's like grabbing onto an antenna so they can dock. I think that looks cool. Yeah. Um. Weir is super anxious to get aboard the ship, but they're like, but Miller's like, no, we're going to send like a little tiny team of, of tiny toys and they're going to go first and report. Um, so that's going to be him, uh, Justin, the engineer, and then Peters, the doctor. These are our most expendable people. <laughs> I don't know about that, but so they open the airlock, uh, to, to the ship and they cross over and we see the floating stuff from the intro in the hallway. It's goop. Yeah, it's just, there's stuff. Oh, so there is goop. There is yes, goop. There's like water goop, but there's also like a, like a Rolodex <laughs> just kind of like spinning through the air. Yeah. Um, they're like, all right, uh, you, Justin, the engineer, go towards the back of the ship where the engine is 
and go check that out. And the rest of us will go to the front of the ship to look for survivors. Um, and we learn this is where we learn the ship is supposed to like split in half in case of emergency. So that like the people up at the front can get out while the back of the ship, uh, I don't know, explodes or some shit. Yeah, it seems like there'd be an easier way to do this. It seems like almost a sort of Chekhov's spaceship. A Chekhov's hallway. Yeah, a Chekhov's exploding hallway. <laughs> yeah. Um, they search for the crew, but they're all missing. We see like flashes of viscera and shit on the walls. It looks pretty sick. Yeah, no one's turning around to see like the blood. The, the, the blood wall. Yeah. yeah, it is a blood wall. It is like a whip. Um, I, I love this shit. I love whenever like people are walking through a space in a movie and we, the audience, are perceiving things that they are not. And so they are like oblivious and like, do, 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 do. And we're like, oh, no, the blood wall. Yeah, it kind of looks like the back of your fridge after a while. Uh... Freezer? <laughs> Freezer. Okay. I don't know about that even. Alright, closer, closer. What if the uh, ice was blood? What if, you know? Who among us? Uh, Peters finds... <laughs> God damn it. Peters finds a copy of the ship's log on CD. I love this. I think we still have CDs. And they gotta like, kind of like, jiggle it to get it out of the slot because it's stuck. Because that happens with CDs. That's such a funny... It was like on its way out. It's such a great detail. Uh... Uh, and, uh, they also find a corpse popsicle, which is missing its eyes. Yeah, yeah. It is like a person who has been frozen. Um. No one's affected by this. Yeah, no. It's like, whoa. Everyone's just like, oh, dang. That guy's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Justin, the engineer in the back, finds the gravity drive, which is a rotating orb ring situation. It looks like a biblical angel. (laughs) <laughs> it looks fucking sick is what it looks like it's got like a pool of water under it yeah i don't know what that's for yeah it's in like a big circular room with all these panels it's in like a sick set design <laughs> but you don't know what any of it is for no yeah none you of don't it... know what you're looking at well i think that's kind of cool right because like up until this that's point kind of the point but... up until this point like everything's been very greebly it's looked like pretty close to like real space stations and stuff even the spaceships, they look kind of dumb. They're, like, familiar. They look like other spaceships from other things. This is the first thing We're where you're, like... We're not even going to try to ground this in reality. Yeah, this is the first thing where it's, like, we have no visual language that explains why this thing is so weird and fucked up. And I think that's a great choice <laughs> yeah. for this, like, you know, this is going to be, like, we learn the portal to the hell dimension exactly. later. Um, uh, so Justin is examining it, and the core flashes and uh, produces some black goop that we saw floating around earlier. And he's like, I would love to touch that. He's like, I would love to touch the goop, and he gets pulled inside by something. Um, by the goop. And there's an explosion, and everyone freaks out. Uh, as a result of the explosion, the Lewis and Clark takes heavy damage and starts losing oxygen, so the entire crew flee into the event horizon for safety. Uh, love this kind of shit, too. Like, I I, I don't know if you've ever seen... We have seen, to go um, into the haunted house. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, Apollo 13, uh, which is, like, a big dad movie. Um, but just the feeling of, like, oh, the spaceship is fucked up and there's kind of nothing we can do about it um, is, like, 
a cool vibe. I don't know. I think like that in itself is scary. And then, yeah, like you said, like we have to go into the haunted house ship yeah. to escape our like exploding spaceship. Yeah, that, that's really good. Um, uh, they're like, okay, you know, we have minimal communication out here. We can't really call for help. Um, and we're like running out of oxygen. So we'll try and just hold up here while we repair the other ship. Um, and it's time for Weir and Miller to kind of look things over. They examine the human viscera wall and they're like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. And the doctors examine Justin, who they've gotten out of the goop. He's, uh... Yeah, he's back. He's knocked out. He's just, uh... Oh, he's not knocked out. He's just, like, comatose. He's just, like, staring into space and not responding to anything. They're like, uh, we don't know what's going on here, so why don't you go do something else? It, it's a big, um, you know, the, the the guy in Alien had, like, the face hugger grab him, and now we've taken him back to the ship, and he's just like, uh, sort of a <laughs> I thing. guess. Yeah. Um, he was fine a little bit. A little bit. For a little bit. For a little bit. For one dinner. Almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> um, Cooper tries to explain what happened with Justin, which it's not clear why he would know. Because he wasn't there when this stuff happened to Justin. Uh, news gets around fast. Yeah. Um, but uh, Weir insists that that's not possible. The core couldn't have activated. That would mean that the gravity drive is online, which is, it can be. Anyway. Uh, Miller is like, hey, dude, maybe now that we're here, now that we're on this spaceship and uh, we're kind of stuck on it, could you explain how the whole gravity drive thing works? Yeah, for now, the first time. Now that we're here. Now that we're stuck. And we learn that it creates basically an artificial black hole, and that's what bends space time. Um, okay. Uh, Weir's like, oh, it's perfectly safe, though. Trust me. Yeah. Bro, trust me. He, yeah, he's like, trust me, bro. It's totally safe that we're generating black holes out here and that the whole crew is dead. Don't yeah. worry about it. And that the ship is doing things. That shouldn't be possible or explainable. Uh, but Miller is like, you know, he's being a hard ass and he's like, you've got to all be careful or you'll die. Um, which I think, like, I don't know. It's kind of whatever. It's like the scientist who's clearly bullshit and the, like, military guy who's clearly, like, too high strung about it. Not like Alien. Not one bit. <laughs> Um, so in the med bay uh, Peters gets spooked by strange strange noises she pulls up a sheet and it reveals a mutilated child who then disappears uh, just as DJ arrives to be like hey what no it's it's like her son yeah we learn that it's her son Um, she saw her son who for some reason is like yeah cut up and stuff had bad (laughs) legs yeah he had bad legs that's all I can explain it as um, the crew, uh, reviewed the ship's log, which, uh, kind of abruptly cuts short. Uh, and Weir goes to investigate a disturbance in the core, and he's got to go check out the circuits. So he goes into the circuit. Yeah, he goes into, like, a, a basically a vent of, like... He goes into, like, a McDonald's play place tunnel. Yeah, of green of circuit. circuit boards, which is sick. I love that shit. It is and, great. And he starts, like, checking them out. Um... Just then, Justin wakes up, starts shaking violently, and says, The dark is coming. Yeah. We should listen to him. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, Weir uh, hallucinates and a uh, burning man emerges from the pool around the core of the ship. Uh, Apparently everyone is seeing hallucinations. Uh, Weir's trying to still be like, it's all fine though. (laughs) It's fine that we're seeing hallucinations. Enough people have seen stuff off screen. We're like, trust us. Everyone is seeing stuff. Yeah. Uh, we keep getting like individual scenes of people hallucinating. Yeah. Um, uh, Smitty gets real mad and starts yelling at Weir and has to be restrained so that he can't punch him. Uh, this scene goes on for a little while. Um, and Stark tells Miller that there's DNA readings that, quote unquote, could explain the hallucinations. What does what on earth could that mean? <laughs> There's DNA in like the air in the ship, and that's what's making them hallucinate. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's very confusing. So if someone if someone shoots into the air and I breathe a little bit in, you I'll, could I'll start seeing stuff. You could start seeing crazy shit. Um. Uh, in the sick bay, uh, Justin goes missing, and Peters hears a loud thumping, so she flees down a hall and encounters uh, the rest of the crew. Uh, you know, she, she she was running away from a hallucination, but then she runs into everybody, and, oh, I'm safe. Yeah. Uh, but then, the door closed behind her, but then, there's a banging on the other side of the door. That everyone sees, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So ev- this is just happening. Yeah, and, the, and there's, like, big dents in the door from, like, the banging. Um... And Weir's like, oh, I'll go open it. And they have to stop yeah. him. Like, what the fuck are you doing? We're getting a feeling that Weir might be on a different plane than everyone else. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, they get a reading in the airlock where it turns out Justin has locked himself in. Uh, and uh, he's like, locked himself in the airlock and he's going to kill himself. And he, he asks Peters, did you hear it? And then he says, it shows you things. Suicide by airlock, by the way. Dark things from inside you. From the other place. Uh, and he presses the button to open the airlock. Um, <laughs> no, they're like, press that button right there. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to press it over here. No, I'm going to no, press, press the open button. They're like, no! <laughs> no, no. But then the best part is, it won't open for another 30 seconds. <laughs> okay, this is, I have an issue with this already. Because this will not be the first or last time that, like, something is just supposed to open, right? Yeah. But things start happening before the door <laughs> opens. So, so, uh, he, he, all of a sudden... Like, it's either open or it's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> right? It's like, it'll open in 30 seconds, trust me, bro. Uh, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I've come to my senses and I don't want to die. And please, you're killing me! Please, you have to save me! Mommy, you're killing me! <laughs> He said that, something like that. Um, and Miller, uh, who is like outside fixing the ship, is like, oh, I'm going to come in and save him. Um, but the airlock opens. Uh, he starts, <laughs> Justin starts bleeding out of his eyes. Uh, Miller rescues him in space, quote unquote. He they're says like, he'll like, be okay. Yeah, they're, they're like, hey, hold your breath, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, they do save him. They put him onto a, into the big uh, medical tube. And they're like, we'll just have to help him out later. He's in the tube now. Yeah, he'll be okay in the tube. But yeah. um, this is not what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, do, you know, do you know what happens when you're exposed to the vacuum of space? 
A little bit. I have looked it up. Uh huh. It's kind of like the bends. You'll get the bends. Oh, interesting. But you'll probably freeze first if you stay out there that long. For like a few seconds? Yeah. Because it's like super cold. Alright. Interesting. Yeah. I don't... It's... You're not going to turn inside out. None of that happens to him. No. (laughs) Um, So, uh, everyone's pissed off. Your tummy will feel really bad. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Me when I have too much milk and sugar in my coffee. Ugh. Uh, Weir is like... Yeah, Weir is like, listen everyone, I know... Some fucky wucky stuff is happening, but no, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) This is he—he's just here to gaslight them, and it's so obvious and so funny every single time it happens. He's like, "Listen, I know you think you saw something, but no, you didn't." (laughs) (laughs) And so Miller is like, "Listen, dude, you really need to tell me, like, where was this ship supposed to go?" Like, you sent it somewhere forward in space-time. Like, where was it supposed to go? And Weir's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No one um, me. Uh, Miller we're, has... We're not going to say the H word, by the way. Not, I think we say it one time. Not for another 20 minutes in no, the movie. <laughs> we're not going to say it. Uh, Miller has some hallucinations and recounts a story of a fire on board a ship called the Goliath, where he... Left behind a crewmate to die. I also have thoughts about this. Oh? I I feel like the timeline didn't add up, but we're still kind of obsessed with the guys with the flamethrowers in World War II. <laughs> a little bit. Right? Like we guys really, burning to we death. We really wanted that to be his story, but... It didn't it's work. Too late for that. It didn't work. It's so twenty forty seven. It had to be. It had to be a an aerospace accident. <laughs> right. Yeah. He has to. It is. He does say it in like a gritty war story. Yeah. Like, like he does say it. Like this is like this is one of my fallen soldiers. This is my my Vietnam or World War Two moment where I describe like this horrible death that happened. Or space force now in war. <laughs> um. Oh, and th- this is where it happens because uh, DJ is like, hey, listen, I. I I listened to a little bit more of the garbled bullshit message earlier, and actually what it says is, save yourself from hell. We're never going to say that word again. Probably not. Pretty much not. Um, But they speculate that maybe the ship went to hell. We don't want to draw that many parallels to um, (laughs) Hellraiser, which we are definitely copying in a lot of ways. Maybe when the big um, rotating geometrical object activated, it sent people to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, we learned that everything's totally fine because the repair team are doing great and they've almost totally fixed the ship. Yeah, they actually fixed the ship, which is shocking in itself. They actually totally fixed the ship, which like halfway exploded. (laughs) And now we can get off the event horizon now. And everyone... uh, It's it's uh, held together by duct tape. uh, And just then, the crew finds extremely fucked up footage of the old crew um, killing each other and themselves. Yeah, so this was a lot more extended in the other cut. You get... That feeling, because it does just look like a bunch of circus freaks who uh, are, uh, uh, you know, Hellraiser pain demons. Apparently they had a bunch of, like, 
real amputees and like porn stars doing it, which um, sound it seems deeply upsetting for everyone. Who yeah, saw it. maybe good that they got that out. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> I don't know why you need uh, porn stars to do it, but um, yeah, that's kind of sexual violence. Yeah, um, Miller's like, okay, we gotta fucking go, uh, but Weir's like, no, we can't leave it. No, though. No, but everything's fine, though. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Uh, Miller says that he's going to leave the ship and he's going to blow up the event horizon. And then just then, all the lights go out. <laughs> yeah, Haunted House starts now. Uh, Weir tells him that the ship won't let them leave and that he is home now. And then he fades back into the darkness and disappears. <laughs> I know, that's so good. He's so spooky. <laughs> that's so fucking good. I love fucked up Sam Neill. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, we see the core um, flashing right as the crew is like hauling out some some oxygen supplies. And uh, Peters uh, sees or thinks she sees her son again. So she just chases after him. Even though she should definitely know by now, right? She, They all know they're hallucinating. She's seen her son specifically that, before. Or she believes that her son came out here. She believes that her, her son's there. And her son leads her on a chase that results in her falling down a pit to her death. And then the son like smirks a little bit. He's like, he. <laughs> I gotcha. Hey, gotcha, mom. Um, Weir finds, uh, Peter's, uh, corpse and hallucinates being home with his wife as she commits suicide, I guess, for which he Isn't blames himself. It's more like slow aside, because she takes her fucking time. Yeah, she, like, slits her wrists and then lays down in a bath, which becomes a bath of blood, and then presumably is dead. Yeah. Um. Which, we'll never know what that was about. Yeah, and he's saying things like, I should have been there for you, or something like that. Like, maybe he left her, and uh, uh, his wife Vision says that, um, it's okay, you'll never be alone now, and I have wonderful things to show you. And then he starts tearing his eyes out yeah. in the real world. Which, okay. I feel like <laughs> the elephant in the room is... Did he design this to go to hell or not in yeah. the first place? That is the question, right? Because did he want this to happen the whole time, or okay. was it? Did it start out real and then just accidentally went to hell? Okay, here's here's how I know that he did this on purpose. Because in the very first scene where he's dreaming, he dreams of the ship where all the debris is floating through it. And he dreams of his wife with her eyes torn out, like she's an, an evil, the devil. So this was already in his mind to begin with. And this was is that, just was that supposed to be pre him designing it now? Well, he's already designed it, but uh, uh, he's having these dreams, but he hasn't seen it all happen yet. But he already has premonitions about what happened on the ship. And he's leading everyone to into danger to go to hell because he really wants to go to hell. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I I get that. Yeah. But did he design it to go to hell or not? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. But it is the question. I like because to... his wife's definitely in hell. Well, it's interesting, right? Because so he's having these visions. So the question I have is like, does the hell dimension like? It clearly takes visions of things that happen to you and recreates them. So is the fact that he's seeing these visions that he was already seeing before 
maybe that's just hell pulling shit out of him that was already in there. And that's why it was already there. Maybe he's Satan. No. <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get some of that. We'll get some uh weird Satan, but for now, um he's all he's all fucked up. Um Someone aboard the Lewis and Clark sees uh, Weir fucking around and then run away. Um, and then uh, uh, I think this is DJ here who's like, oh, there's a bomb in the ship. And he's like looking for the bomb. And he he like pulls a hatch open and then. No, it's the other one. It's the, the other, other guy. normal guy. <laughs> it's. Smitty. It's Smitty who sees it and he's like, oh no, a bomb, and then it explodes. Yeah. Some of these deaths are a little underwhelming for what they could be. Uh, for, a, for a movie about going to hell. Speaking of things that are a little... It's people blowing up and falling off of stuff a lot. Speaking of things that are a little... Uh, could be better. Uh, we see a really great 3D model of the ship explode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Which presumably kills, like, most of the surviving crew. Because several people who are not dead yet are going to be dead for the rest yeah. of the movie. We don't, We didn't bother. Oh, uh, yeah, we just didn't bother with them. They're um, characters. It's fine. Uh, we do get to see Cooper, the comic relief, riding a piece of debris uh, away. And he's yeah, like... Yeah, he flies away. He's like, oh, I've got to get back to the ship. I'm going to blow my air tank. And then he's like, here I come, motherfucker funny he's a funny guy he has a funny line it's supposed to be funny yeah he's funny he's i hate this shit it sucks okay it must have been smitty that died earlier because miller calls dj to warn him he's like hey no because dj is one with a cold death right yes uh we're gonna see that right here this is the scene because miller's like dj Weir's fucking evil. He's weird. He's weird. Um, but just then, DJ gets attacked by Weir, who doesn't have any eyes anymore. And he subdues DJ and, like, surgically tortures him? Yeah, he does some uh, bizarre Silence of the Lambs flesh sculpture with him. It's cool, though. It is. It's, sick. It, it's good. It's nice. Whenever they do get explicit with the crazy, like, blood and viscera, it is like, oh, holy shit. Also, this character was supposed to have, like, a whole story about the giant scar on his chest and stuff. But, like, we never go into that. Lost opportunity. Bye, DJ. Yeah, uh, this bye. Is, th- that's actually the shit that I'm sad that they cut out. Because, like, it's not plot relevant, but it would make me care about these it people a little bit more. It would make me, like, think this is a character at all. Also, like, Jason Isaacs... Is like giving one of the better performances in this right, movie because I, he's a good actor, and I would love him to have more screen time compared to like some of the random goofy. Like we get the to have comic relief. Yeah, it's like no okay, way. so yeah, um, so Miller is like, all right, I'm gonna save everyone. He goes and he gets a gun. <laughs> and, yeah, gun. And he's like, I'm gonna hunt down Weir, um, and he rescues. An unconscious Stark, and then is immediately uh, confronted by, like, a super fucked up Weir who's, like, all cut up. Um, and Weir tells him that the event horizon has gone farther than the stars and torn a gateway to a dimension of pure chaos and evil. And now the ship is alive. I love this shit. I love, <laughs> this is great. I love Sam Neill with his dick out just saying nonsense. 
we enjoy Sam Neill when he's being a crazy freak, and I this is that. like the most crazy freak he gets. It's so good. It's so good. Um, he's like, okay, I'm gonna go open the gravity drive and send the ship back to the hell dimension. Um, but Stark and Miller attack him. Um, he's, he, he has a gun. And he's like, eyes out, by the way, no eyes. He's like, what makes you think I'll miss? <laughs> Which I always think is funny. Um, but a um, still trapped in space, uh, Cooper flies by the window just in time to cause enough of a distraction. Um, and Weir ends up blowing a hole in the ship and is sucked out into so space. Did, so he did miss. That's right. He has no eyes. <laughs> yeah, he, he got distracted and missed. And we get like a like 15 second too long scene of him getting pulled out into space. Yeah. Well, everyone's getting sucked now. Well, everyone else just like holds onto a beam. But Weir goes flying. But all that stuff that happened to the guy earlier who got sucked into space does not happen to anyone. No, they're all fine. They're fine. <laughs> they don't explode into blood. They don't get depressurized. Yeah. Um, Miller manages to seal the doors just in time to save Stark. Uh, and Cooper arrives via the, the airlock. But, uh, oh shit, the gravity drive is starting to activate again. It's going to take us to the hell dimension. We have a countdown. For the hell dimension. <laughs> uh, so Miller is like, okay, it's time to fire the, the Chekhov's uh, exploding spaceship. We're going to split the ship in half and blow up the gravity drive and just kind of float away safely in the lifeboat front half of the boat. Yeah. Uh, it should be easy. Uh, Cooper activates the emergency beacon so that they'll be found. And um, all of a sudden the ship fills with blood. Yeah, yeah. We get a like full-on shining blood elevator this scene. Is, this is the other moment I was talking about. Either it's open or it's not. Yeah. Like, it's not... There's no, like, halfway open bullshit with space. <laughs> yeah, you can't just, like, make you, the... You can't just creak open the door a little bit. Yeah, no. Um, Miller uh, arms the explosives and narrowly escapes the burning man. Uh, but he gets stuck in the gravity chamber. Uh, and he gets attacked by this, like, evil burning guy who turns out to be an even further deformed Weir. Who was brought back by the ship. The ship yeah, brought him this back. this is just straight up supernatural now. Yeah, this is great. Um, Weir um, shows Miller hallucination scenes of everyone dying. And Miller's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna fight you now. Um, but just then, the gateway to the hell dimension opens, and Miller um, sacrifices himself to destroy the ship in, like, a very contrived scene. Yeah. Uh, where, like, things go on just long enough where he can push a button that I will know. explode everything. Um, and that blows up the back half of the ship, which gets sucked into this black hole, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but Stark and Cooper escape safely in the front half, and we cut to... 72 days later, as a rescue ship makes contact. It took you long enough. For real. Uh, Cooper, uh, Justin, and Stark are recovered from their med pods by the rescue team. But when one of the rescue team opens their helmet, it reveals it's Weir's face. Ah! But wait, not really. It was all a dream. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> this, I, I kind of hate this ending. It's this like was... they didn't know how to end it. Yeah, this was apparently Stark's dream. She wakes up and the rescue team is actually saving them all for real. It's the end of the movie. I, I, who cares? Make up your mind, man. Yeah. 
Is the movie over, isn't it? Yeah, right. Um, so that was Event, Event Horizon. Horizon. We've both seen this movie a few times. Yeah. How did it hit you on this viewing? I think the worst parts hit me harder this time. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it kind of cemented, like, oh, this isn't very good. No, but I am enjoying it. No, it's really just like a bad alien that happens to have Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne being fun in it. Yeah. That's they're really kinda, They're the kind of thing. the upside. Yeah. I think so, particularly Sam Neill, just because his character is more fun. Uh-huh. He gets to be a little more goofy. I mean, I like Lawrence Fishburne as like the hard-ass guy, but it's just like not... Not as much a character. It's it, well, it's just not as like fun and like right. it's not as big of a performance. Like no, I that's like true. I like him as like the the sacrificial hero guy at the end. I think that makes sense for his character and whatever. But like the cast is like a little bit too big. I feel like we didn't quite get to spend enough time it with been, like, everyone. Four guys. This movie would be great if it was like four guys and you really got deep into what all of their deal was. Like the skeleton crew, we're going on this weird mission. We only called. The base crew, kind of thing. We don't need that guy who goes out to, like, weld the shit. Yeah, we don't need comic relief guy. Yeah. We don't need, like, three white guys that are all interchangeable. I know. They just, really are. Just keep Jason Isaacs as DJ and have him Jason, have the... Jason Isaacs can stay. You can have him. He can, can be the one. You can have Lawrence Fishburne. You can have Sam Neill, and then you can have probably um, Jolie Richardson as Stark, the like first mate. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's good. yeah, yeah. She's she's good. Um, I think if it was like just the four of them out in space, that would be like so sick. Um, but we got the movie that we got. Yes. Uh, I I think it's still pretty entertaining. I agree with you that like the bad parts hit me really hard in this know. viewing where i was just like oof 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 just like the really goofy or like uh derivative parts i would say yeah i 100 percent agree um but you know i still had a good time i still think like the good parts are good um, yeah i still enjoy it i'm still kind of an advocate for this movie yeah um i would say definitely like if you haven't seen this movie like it's worth a shot it's yeah you know the fact that it is so short i do think it kind of breezes by like it kind of um I mean, if you like Alien and Hellraiser, yeah, there you go. There you fucking go. Like, you're getting that, plus, like, some good actors. So, like, it's not the best parts of those things. It's not going to be a waste of your time. Yeah, it's not a waste of time. And I think the times where it is just being Alien is honestly, like, not that bad. Like, it's derivative, but it's not. Because I still like like Alien. Yeah, I still like the stuff in Alien. (laughs) So, I like when it's being one of those. I wish it had more of the Hellraiser shit in it. Oh, yeah. um, Because I I like that stuff. Um, Just a, a spinning rack of meat (laughs) i need more of that yeah uh evil haunted corpse spaceship is great like i love that i mean this movie's inspired a lot of material like this basically inspired like dead space like a lot of other games yeah there's a lot of um like plots of tv that are basically just this like a whole like um considerable chunk of firefly i believe is just it kind of defined space horror as like i guess crapped on as it kind of was yeah, I mean, which I think is kind of notable for like, yeah, it's got some good stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I wouldn't say it maybe defined it, but it just because it's it is so derivative of Alien, but I think it definitely added like the it adds another layer, the to like it. slaughterhouse texture of it, the like we're doing this is like this is like the tier below. Yeah, we're doing Hellraiser type shit in space. I think this is definitely like the first 
instance of that, and I think that's good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like Sam Neill being, like, a, a crazy acolyte of the flesh. Yeah. Uh, that's super sick. Um, but even then, I would... I would still rather watch In the Mouth of Madness, I would say. That's true. I think that Sam Neill at his more flesh acolyte level. Maybe not more, but more like he gets more yeah, to do. Yeah, but in in that movie he's denying his flesh acolyte level is the thing. He's in denial. You get to see the character development. <laughs> it is character development. Uh, we got to do our ratings. We should we should rate the movie. Um so the way we do our ratings, it's a scale of one to four? Five. One to five. <laughs> what? You <laughs> forgot? I forgot how to do the ratings. Uh, it's a scale of one to five. We start with spookiness. How good were these scares and the vibes? Opal, what would you give it? I think maybe my first viewing would have a little bit higher, but for my viewing right now, I'd probably give it a two. Yeah. I think like I think um, I think it could have had more in there. I think it's spread a little too thin. And this I, li- I like the hell tape. I like the batshit insane video. I wish there was more of that. I wish there was more of it, and I wish it was more like evenly distributed through the movie because yeah. there's a lot of sections where it's just like, okay, we showed you one freaky thing. Time to show you like twenty minutes of like just some dudes in space. Yeah. yeah. And like I like dudes in space just as much as the next guy, but like. I'm here for the scary stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up is the watchability. How easy is it to throw this on and have a good time? I think this might be like a four for me. Just because it is really short and I have seen it so many times. I think it's pretty it's watchable. It's just like a basic library movie for me. Like if, if you had the library of Opal movies, I would put this in it. Uh, and I think also, like, library movie in the sense that, like, it is totally, like, replacement level. Something you could just pick up off of the shelf and plug in. Yeah. Great, like, movie rental movie. Yeah. Just like, oh, I just want something a little weird. Great, like, if this were just on on daytime TV, I'd probably watch it. Definitely. You know, um, especially if... Like, Date- I don't know if it's a daytime TV movie, <laughs> well, but... Um, you know, just the element of it that's, like, kind of just like a weird Star Trek episode... Right, yeah. Um, with some, you know, evil horror shit in it is like, okay, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's pretty watchable. I think, um, yeah, the fact that it's short helps it. I could see giving it a four. Sure. Yeah. And then last off is the Vincent Price vamp rating. The campiness and overall performances. Of what would you give it? Sam Neill carries pretty hard. It is a really hard carry by Sam Neill. It's like a full one or two points just for him. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a legacy performance for me, just in how batshit he truly does get. And I think the campiness is there. And the some camp of the is there, definitely. I, I gotta knock a point for the other performances that aren't as much. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I, think, would, I would say it's a good, like, four. Yeah, I would say it's a four. There are at least three really strong performances in it. This is a vamp movie. This uh, is a Vincent Price vamp movie. There's vamp in it. There's camp. There's blood and guts. It's pretty entertaining. I think I would give it, yeah, like a four. Um, which, you know, a, a ten is like a pretty good score. I think it is like a totally like replacement level horror movie, if that makes sense. Which is, I feel like, what tens have been historically for the show. I like it. Yeah. Like, if you're into horror movies and space... You're going to have a good time with this movie. Exactly. Um, and we're both into that, so. 
fan. There you go. Any final thoughts on Event Horizon? I think we got it all out there. I think we did. I mean, you know, I just to what, start... what was up with that guy's wife? You know? She died. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. There are so many unanswered questions. You know, like, did we really... I mean, the thing is, yes, we do want more scenes with Sam Neill where he's, where we see that relationship play out. But, like, if it were anyone but Sam Neill, you'd be like, I don't really need to see the rest of this. You're right. But it is. But it is Sam Neill, so it's like, ooh, I kind of wish I had a little bit more to chew on. The, the mystery is also kind of fun, though. The mystery is fun. The, the fact that he's clearly a fucking sicko. Um, I know. Is, the fact that he's gaslighting everyone the I, whole time is always so funny I on love, rewatch. I love when you've got a character in your movie who is just clearly trying to desperately fuck over all of the other characters. And like... It, it's like if Ash from Alien was bad at it. <laughs> a bit, yeah. Uh, I, I just love that kind of character. The person who's clearly just trying to sabotage... And, like, everyone just gets mad at them constantly, but they keep getting away yeah. with it. He's not very good at it, is no. he? He's just kind of like, well, what if it wasn't? I just kind of like Sam Neill as, like, this very punchable guy. <laughs> this guy where you just want to kick his ass. <laughs> because he's such the opposite in real life. It's true, yeah, but I think he's... he's just got his gray beard and his farm. But I think he's having he's having a lot of fun with the, with the role, which yeah. I, I appreciate, yeah. so. Alright, well, that's Event Horizon. We don't have the little bell. I know. So we're not in our usual space and I forgot to bring the, the sack with me. Yeah. So it's time for a new segment. <laughs> it's, we have... We have the movie generator. Yeah, we have, we have to have pull up a random number generator. So what we're going to do... Oh, well, you're going to pull... You have a list of the movies that yes, are do. in the sack right now. Because I keep track of them. That's right. You are going to, we are going to uh, spin a random number generator. That's going to give us a number one to seven. And then based on that, that will determine which movie we watch next week. Press it. Press the button. I'm going to press generate. And number two, what is number number two? two? Number two is the ring. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. We've been waiting to do this for a long time. Yeah, I feel like we've uh, done a lot of stuff that's like adjacent to this. You know, the Grudge you was say an the early grudge. movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is supposed to be the good one, and I'm kind of excited to show it to you and what you think, especially since you have already seen the original already. Yeah, I, I have seen uh, Ringu. Uh, excited to watch this. Yeah, uh, I think it's got a good reputation. As it a definitely remake. does. It it started the trend for a reason. I think it's kind of an okay remake, but yeah, um, you know. So I'm looking forward to that. I think this will be the first time I've seen the remake. Yes, because you have not seen it before. No, I've seen the Grudge remake and the original The Grudge and the original the uh, Rangu, but I've never seen The Ring. Yeah, I, I've I've seen it before. So let's fucking go. Yeah, it'll this be is, fun. Th- this movie had like a playground reputation for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just like this kind of genre of movie um, was definitely like a big thing exactly when I was old enough to have not seen any horror movies. Yeah. So the concept of anything scary. Like fifth grade. Yeah. Like anything scary in a movie was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Um, so 
looking forward to this. It, it will be a long time coming for me. Definitely. Um, but until then, Opal, where can people uh, hunt you down? Uh, you can show me the wonders of space on opal.card.co. <laughs> you can find my socials and whatever. Whatever, man. Yeah. Uh, and where can they find you? Uh, well, before they, they find me, they should find us at Scary Pair on Twitter. You should let people know about the show. Yeah, sure. If you let one people know <laughs> about Scary Pair. If you tell one people. If you could tell one people about this podcast, you should do that. Or you'll die in seven days. That's right. Also, I'm um, at putrid underscore imp uh, and maybe other places. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out we'll figure Uh, it out um but that's you know that's our podcast that we do we did it we're watching movies we finally did it we finally did it this one was on our like list of things to do and we've been so busy yeah and we got we 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 did the podcast yeah we just couldn't help it we couldn't help it we're doing uh you know a podcast from out in the field fall favorites is coming up in like next month let's go i have some ideas I, ha- I also have ideas. It's too early to reveal my ideas. Yeah, we're not going to reveal our ideas, but we we are in discussions. Uh, know this, listeners. We will be closing this podcast and then immediately probably uh, talking about our ideas a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we got to. Uh, so that uh, that's a secret that we're keeping from you. Yeah, you won't know about it till it happens. We're not going to tell you. Yeah, it's a secret. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.